Welcome to the Sounds of Encouragement, the place for creatives to find encouragement and support to help you stay motivated, creative, and inspired to use your craft to more fully impact your community. Thank you for tuning into this episode and don't forget to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes. If you find value in these podcasts, please share with friends or colleagues. To keep this production ad-free, please share your support at www.buymeacoffee.com slash encouragement and share a one-time gift or check out the member levels. I'm your host, Melissa Slocum, and I thrive on encouraging other creatives through teaching music, small business coaching, podcasting, and so much more. Find out more at www.musicgrow.com and subscribe to be part of a growing creative community supporting one another. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. And remember, I'm here for you so you can be there for those who need you the most. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Peter Ciesla, textile artist and owner of Bazili Gallery in Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin. If you listened to or watched part one, you know a little about Peter's life and journey as an artist, along with what encouraged him. You can catch his full bio in the show notes. In part two of this conversation, he shares the art and artists who have inspired him, along with his top five songs of encouragement. This is a great episode to catch on the YouTube channel since we share images of the artwork that we talk about. Peter's insights into honesty, creativity, and moving through difficult times will simultaneously affirm and challenge us as creatives. I have to share that when I first walked into his gallery, I experienced delight and awe throughout the space. You can see how detailed and impeccable his work is. The commitment to his craft is obvious. But beyond that, I also experienced his generosity of spirit, openness of heart, and love for the pure act of creating and sharing. For me, his work evokes many emotions, including joy, wonder, delight, gratitude, beauty, whimsy, and admiration. I hope through this conversation, you too will experience Peter's generous spirit and be uplifted and encouraged by him and by his work. Be sure to visit his website linked in the show notes and why not plan a visit to his gallery in person? All right, here's part two. Thanks for tuning in. I want to go to your, I asked you to share some art that had inspired you. So I'm going to share the screen and we're going to share a few things that have inspired you along the way. And this first one, if the slideshow will come up, hopefully you can see this. So talk a little bit about this basilica. I can see it. Okay, talk a little about this basilica and why this, what inspired, what about this was inspiring for you? It seems I get inspired by so many different things. Yeah. I can see a rock on a beach and suddenly something happens, or I can see an incredible piece of art or something amazing in nature and it could be inspiring. And uh, I always 
loved Gaudi's work because it was just so different. Yeah. And I think that for me personally, as an artist, the most important thing is to develop, figure out new ways of expressing something that's already familiar. And this specific basilica cathedral, it's a, called a La Sagrada Familia, it just completely takes the idea of architecture out of its general place and it takes it somewhere completely else. Yeah. And when you look at the details on this building, there is just so much flow and nature-like. And, and it's like you almost look at it and feel like, oh, this is not supposed to happen. And, <laughs> and that applies to a lot of, to his whole body of work. But this, because of the monumental size. Yeah. And also, I think, of what somehow makes it for me important that is that it's something that he didn't complete it when he was alive. So oh. It gives me hope and idea that things can still continue on after we, we pass on. And mm. I think this is, doesn't matter if you're an artist or not. We all ponder right. upon it and struggle with it. But I think it's being finished right now. And it's, he has been gone for quite a while. And, wow. and because of what it is, it seemed important for some people to, to finalize it. So there is a continuation. That, that's why it's also inspiring to me. But mainly it's because it's so different and it throws off the idea of what's classical in a wonderful way. Right. Classical, it's great. And it's wonderful. There's absolutely, I don't find anything wrong with it. You can't. But this was like carrying it into a future, giving yes. it another breath of fresh air. That's why I'm so inspired by it. Oh, it's just stunning. I'm going to move to the next image. And this is a particular artist. Right. Talk <laughs> about this one. That's Nick Cave. And uh, he works a lot with found objects and he's quite known for a lot of his work, but at some point he made these amazing pieces that you can wear. Mm -hmm. They are called sound suits, and, mm -hmm. but it's all done out of reclaimed. And he was doing it way before reclaimed became, right. and it's just, I could go into some deeper understanding of what his work is about or sure. things that he has had said other people about his work but for me it's again creating a new context for things yes and expressing certain thoughts either defined or maybe undefined in a very intuitive way some of it is intuitive some of it's very deliberate obviously sure but and again the same thing for me it's just something so completely different from anything else this is like a complete true expression of who this person is uh, right. and there is nothing else alike that's what if i aspire to be somebody it's a person who does something like that it's a person who presses things in different ways feelings emotions or subjects in in a very different ways than anybody else would and different than we it's familiar to us yeah, this is so clearly expressive of of his point of view, his perspective, his creativity, probably personality as well. And I find that's that I appreciate that because 
in the same way I can listen to certain artists musically and I without knowing that's who's playing a particular instrument or that's who's covering a particular song or that's who's done a certain type of work. I instantly know because of what I know of that person and I know their unique sound or I know their unique style or even as a dancer, I know my daughter's unique style as a dancer. There are just things that as people embrace their own individuality as artists and creatives and let that come out, I think it's unmistakable when you see it. Right. Mm, yes, it, it is. And I mean, espe especially, I'm sorry. <laughs> and especially if the work, it's done in a very honest way. Yes. It's what I mean by honest. It's, it's very often easy to draw and it just happens. It's good and it's fine. We draw as artists, that's mm -hmm. the field. We draw inspiration from other artists and we might draw elements of what they've done and elaborate on it and incorporate it. But sometimes, but if it's done in a very honest way, if you not don't do it because you just want to do something great and draw from somebody else's work and, yeah. and, and make it visible for you, but you just honestly connect with something and the, your actions are just pure in a way i don't know if that's the good the best yeah word. i understand yeah but it's yeah. just a very honest expression of something yeah. and i can't even tell you how throughout so many years of doing what i'm doing how i can clearly see how people respond to pieces that are created that way yes some of the most recognition and that also would be something i would encourage artists anybody to do is that people consciously or subconsciously will always respond to honesty oh yes and if something is done in a very clear grounded honest environment people are drawn to it yes I would give an advice to anybody to always it's hard sometimes but seek this place where you can be the most true to yourself. And again, it might sound like a cliche, but it's really true. It's it is true. And it requires a level of vulnerability that a lot of people are have a hard time with. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Let me oh, move yeah. to the next image oh, here. Yeah. Talk about this image. This is so striking. Talk about this artist. This is just a one piece, but it's it's you have to really look at the whole body mm. of this person's work. And I just recently looked through one books about her. The name of the artist, it's Lenore Towney. And she has worked a lot in, I think, 50s, 60s. Okay. But a lot of her work was about something that's nature-like and creating textures. And she worked a lot with textiles. She's a textile mm -hmm. artist. Just really trying to simulate textures and feelings, things that you would find in nature. That's right. really a very basic a part of what she was doing. But I am all very drawn to it because I am, as many other artists, very much inspired by nature. And for me, it's that it comes from water. <laughs> it's quite inspirational. And, and also she created this amazing body of work that it's very cohesive and very focused. Ah, so, okay. For me, 
that's a big part of the inspiration. That's why I showed the one, I sent you a photo of one piece, but it's really the whole body of work that it's inspiring to me. Sure. Because of its grounded feeling and a clarity of yeah. what it was about yeah. and where it came from. Mm. Love it. Moving on, this is an installation that your wife Sky did. Talk about it. It's what's very inspiring for me. It's not necessarily just the visual, but how this whole project came to a fruition, and and also opened me up to a, a, an art of Bob Dylan, mm. uh, who everybody knows about Bob right, Dylan, right, but I didn't right. know a lot. <laughs> I didn't listen to everything he wrote and composed, and because Sky was really studying a lot. Uh, what he has done and also people's perceptions of who he is and yes. what he's about and what it means that he does it created a whole <laughs> new thing for me sky had i think it's important to say here her sky's process there were a lot of different elements but she had a thought at some point for whatever reason to play with Bob Dylan's lyrics. And she thought, maybe I could start just stenciling on a fabric, letter by letter, the lyrics to his songs. And this way you can get a little bit more immersed in a text. And, and then you create something because of the scale of it, that it just really stops you in place and forces you to, it's like we all need it so much in our lives to just stop and yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. And this grew, the, she didn't have originally really an idea and thought of what this is going to grow to. So what is inspiring to me is the trust mm. that there was a reason why she was doing it. But it grew into a body of uh, panels, fabric panels. You see mm -hmm. just selected few. Right. We have 53 or four or five. I don't oh, remember wow. the number now. Some of them are like close 26 and more feet long. Wow. And, uh, and it creates an environment when you install them. And they were installed in several museums around the country. Mm -hmm. And I observed people walking and just being absolutely stunned yeah. by the scale of it and stopping and starting reading and realizing that's Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a whole level of layer of experiences that happens to people. And this is what I'm talking is just what strikes me about. It. I'm sure Sky would have much, much more to say about this piece. But, and I also know that she wanted to play a tribute to uh -huh. someone that she had found incredible as an artist. Yeah. And, and she stayed with it and she did that. She worked for a long time on it because this is all stenciled letter by letter. This is not printed by mm. something. It's just all letter by letter working with the fabric like a scroll. Yeah. What also led to something that's inspiring for me is that Throughout the process of Sky working on this piece, she had watched a lot of films that were made by people about Bob Dylan okay. or about his work with him sure. and a lot of interviews with him. And what struck me is that people always want to make something out of it. Mm. For it's people tried to, what did you think about when you wrote this song? And he's pointed, I didn't, it just happened. That played to this whole thought of where does art come from? 
Yes. Which is a great thing. Yeah. And another TED Talk that I watched a while ago, my goodness, what was her name? She wrote this book, Eat, Pray, Love, or something. Oh, yes. I don't re- I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. But she was talking about the history. Mm-hmm. She was talking about ancient times. And she was talking about how art was never seen by artists. It's something that had their ego attached to it. It's, it's just, that's where the term muse come from. You just right. get inspired. It comes from something. It comes through you and you either bring it to a material life or not. Right. If you want, it's gone. <laughs> right. So... Through this whole process, and that's what connects to this piece, I realized, well, it's really not, maybe not about me, because I always thought of my artwork as something about me. It's an expression of me, myself, um, and on some level always will be, because it's my right. experiences, right. it's my knowledge right. and knowledge of skill, but it just comes from somewhere. It's like, I don't know. It's like a part of universe. I don't really understand it. And sometimes we tap into it and we can draw from it and create it, but I actually have a sign on a wall in my studio ever since that happened. Uh, it's not about you. Yes, there's an element. Yeah, there's an element of mystery, or some people call it divinity. I think that is definitely part right. of creating art. I think so. I, I think so. And I think we sometimes put too much emphasis of trying to understand what it really is about, what it came from. When you go to a museum, any piece of art, classical or contemporary sometimes you might not know who the artist is you might not know where it comes from but it sometimes strikes a note yeah and it's like you're drawn to it and it creates emotion it's something trapped in it and i think that's the ultimate goal for me as an artist to create things that that make people feel thing great but it's really a feeling it's you have a emotional response to something and wherever you want to go from there it's fine and by the way the author of eat pray love or yeah eat pray love is elizabeth gilbert i knew the name gilbert couldn't remember the first name yes Yes. (laughs) this last image is a really interesting i know there's a great story behind this so share a little bit about this image there's several things going on here so talk about this last art installation i am I'm a visual artist, and for thinking about the visual aspect of what I do, it's very important and very often dictates the technicalities I go through in order to create a piece. This specific piece, it's a collaborative uh, piece between two artists. Uh, one of them, it's a friend of mine, Christine Diekman, and one of them, it's Laura Nova. She's an artist based in New York City. Okay. And... Laura invited a group of women into the project. And uh, by the way, the title of the piece, I have it written down here. It's called Seamless Stories, Delicious Memories. Ah. And each of the women invited to the project where each of the women was embroidering an image that related to some memory, some precious, important memory in their life. Mm. And the twist is that some of the embroidery, it's done with the conductive thread. Yes. So 
was in the center. We were, this is not finished piece we were working. They invited me to the project to just technically connect everything together and hide the wiring and stuff. So I created this cool few layers quilt. But the way the piece is shown is that when you touch the drawing done with the thread, you actually hear the story that it's recorded. Oh my goodness. And the stories are told by the women that made these embroideries. That's beautiful. uh, From what I know, yeah, it's really something. So you go to a place where this piece is shown and you might have people just touching and hear the pieces and hearing the stories. Wow. The moment you touch the conductive thread, a sound kicks in. And so it's an interactive piece of art. That's something new for me. Everything I do, I've done, it's really about me doing it and then just showing it for people's enjoyment or whatever. Right. Or not. Right. But this is more that draws people in and brings people to experience something more than just a visual thing. Wow. And that's inspiring to me because... I can see a whole world of possibilities that I never even thought about. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. For me as an artist. So that's why I find it very inspiring. Thank you for sharing those pieces. I also want to get to, you were gracious enough not only to share artwork, but then your top five songs of encouragement. And oh, my goodness. There's so much great material here. I know, but this is fabulous. This is fabulous. All right. So I'm sharing screen and this first piece that you're going to hear is, oh my goodness. I You wanted to share Puccini's Tosca, oh, incredible opera. And I pulled up the Maria Callas, the aria. So this is the famous oh, aria yeah. <laughs> when she's torn and just before kind of some uh, difficult scene. But this is like the most famous aria from this particular opera. So this is Maria Callas singing this aria from Tosca. I'm just going to play a very short 10 second clip and then I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> Oh, she was just the best. Talk about that one. Yeah, I picked Tosca because it got embedded the most in my memory Mm. of my experiences of going to opera. Mm. And I actually am pretty sure that me going into a field that I did eventually had a lot to do with being exposed to opera. Wow. As a young kid. Wow. You wouldn't really do it in the United States, probably. I don't know, actually. But when I was growing up in the 60s and early 70s in Poland, my parents used to go to opera a lot. And okay. as kids, we would go with them to opera. Okay. So I would go as a six, seven-year-old to opera. Wow. Just up in a suit and tie. So I just can't even tell you how... Going to opera opened up sensitivity to the set design, to the costumes, sure. the stories. The stories, it's like operas have a similar story as, as a lot of movies or songs yeah. we have now. They are on some level, 
they're complicated, but not right, right. uncommon. But it's the skill that takes, the level of skill yeah. that takes to create the product of opera. It's just always mind-boggling to me. Yeah. And the training, yes. uh, the voice, uh, the, the mic, the, just the writing of it, mm-hmm. and then creating the costumes and the, and the scenery, as I mentioned, that was something that never left. It really inspired me for my whole life. Wow. That's why I brought up opera. And I still am inspired. I don't really listen a lot these days, but I still go back in my mind often to the time when I was at the opera. And of course, dealing with sometimes in fashion, re- things relating to fashion, you need a little drama there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. We're going to go on to the next piece that you wanted to share. This is epic. I had no idea you were a Miles Davis fan. And so this is a tune called Pharaoh's Dance. Listen, click uh, if you're listening or watching, click on the show notes and just go sit and listen. This is 20 minutes worth of incredible musicianship and incredible fusion and and incredible sounds. We're just going to listen to about 10 seconds here. This is at about the nine, 10 minute mark in, but it just the evolution. And I wanted to pick up the um, some of the Miles Davis trumpet playing in here. So that's mostly what you're going to hear. So let me play this and then I'll let you talk about it. Here we go. All right, go listen to the rest of the whole out al- the whole track and the whole album is incredible. Yeah, Bitches Brew. I mean, it's just such a. It's sometimes it's hard to place it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it seems to be so all over the place. <laughs> yeah, true, but and that's I what I love had, about it. And I have had some conversations with some friends that are lovers. So they love music, and that piece of music. It's actually, it's actually something they really don't see as anything of value. It's because yeah. they're, and I'm not judging it in any way. It's just, that's how different this piece is. And, and of course, as you might have noticed, there is a theme in my, me explaining art and music uh, to you so intuitive and that started listening a little bit more in depth to my old miles davis you know about six years ago and i had this thought of creating something that would like really completely eliminate ego or thought process okay. from it okay so i thought what can i work on i was reading a little bit about the concept of our energy body our and the system of chakras that right. is known by many. And I really did not go in the depth of studying it because it gets very complex, but yeah. I worked with the very basic seven chakras. And as many people know, not everybody does, there's, these are these ener- energy points in our body and they all have a color 
and they all different chakras relate to different somehow relate to a different parts of our physical body and also right. different right. emotional aspects of our body so i thought okay this is all energy so you can't there's no nothing visual and i thought i want to create seven sculptural far, fiber pieces one for each chakra <laughs> oh so i would look for something that would help me to snap out of reality <laughs> and and that did yeah. listening to this music it just completely transported me to a place where i was able to work without trying to design something yeah. there was the, there was like a, it was actually a very hard process to do but it was also very enjoyable and they loved it that so, reminds me of it still inspired me yeah, that reminds me of the idea of improvisational. With music, if we right. have music in front of us that's printed, that's wonderful. But quite often we, or at least I do, I like to challenge myself with trying to improvise on the spot and just see see where something will go musically. And any great jazz artist is a great improv artist right. as well. And that's that, that seems what you're tapping into. You want to do something different but you don't have it all laid out yet. And so you're just letting things unfold. So that was a great experience. And I occasionally still listen to it as a means to get me to the place mm. of deciding a base, a ground to build on without being conditioned. And that's a very hard thing to do. It is. It uh, is. if if we try, we have a chance if we don't have a chance. No, I love that because it's risk-taking and you never know where you're going to end up when you do that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Let me share this next one. This is Bob Dylan and this is right. Joker Man. So go, if you haven't listened to this lately and you're, <laughs> go listen to the whole song. It's such a great song. We're just going to hear a 10 or 15 second clip here and then I'll let you talk about it. Oh, I'm going to stop it there. Talk a little bit about that one. Yeah. Again, it's a similar thing. It's, and I mentioned that when I was talking about Sky's installation. By yeah. the way, the installation, it's called Shakespeare's in the Alley. Yes. That's and, the title of the whole installation. And is the installation active somewhere where we can go see it? Right now it's stored, but there are a few possibilities. There was a little break with exhibiting it because of COVID last right. two years. But it's going to be, if anybody would like to know what's happening with the piece, you can actually look it up online okay. uh, as on Sky's website under the title Shakespeare's in the Alley. Okay. And there will be updates if something comes up. Uh, she works on few venues right now. But again, what's very inspiring to me, it's learning from watching Sky studying things about Dylan and watching a lot of listening to a lot of perceptions about what his work is about and trying to understand his work and watching his responses to that. And understanding that people are trying to verbalize and figure things out 
And sometimes it just doesn't matter. It's from what I see, a lot of his work comes from some kind of honest place within himself. Yeah. I'm not saying perfect. He maybe doesn't even know it. I don't know. I would not think of think really trying to figure it out. But very often he says, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's just just words. They came and he there's a reason why he got a Nobel Prize for literature. True. Because it's of significance and it also connects with what I mentioned before honesty yeah i think it's just really honest yeah mm. we all have a good all response strong response to honesty it could be great could be not but there is always a strong response to honesty true <laughs> so and, and that strong response that in our lives. yeah that strong response could have nothing to do with what we are putting out as artists It could just be what the person is feeling or experiencing or going through in their life. And it's how it, how they interpret it, how it hits them, how it strikes them, which for some artists is very hard to accept. But at the same time, that's part of what I feel is so great about creating art, creating dance, creating music, opera, anything, because it's in the sense living, even if what you create is a tangible object, clothing, it's still like it has a life, it has a story, it has a value of its own, not just to you as the creator, but to those who would experience that. Yeah, it's I think actually a lot of it, it's that it's just creating something, an environment as an artist, where people can experience it emotionally. Yeah. And everybody's experience could be different. Mm -hmm. So based on something about them. We are talking right now about this whole huge field of emotional intelligence. It's just understanding all of it. And it's getting to a point where like my generation of people and even more generations of my parents and before, we all were thought to feel a little responsible for people's feelings it's or you wouldn't say something because you don't want somebody to feel bad don't want to do something because of the same thing there is like responsibility in you being careful with other people's feelings and you know i hear many complaints about younger people how they are disconnected and how rude they are but (laughs) i would think i actually often see it that's my experience of not being careless and not caring. It's about if there are feelings that are happening to you because of something I said, maybe you need to figure out what they are about. Yeah. Not me, not trying. So I think there is a future there. (laughs) It's hard though, because we have thought certain ways and I always feel I shouldn't say something or I should phrase things right or which that's important. Yeah. No matter what, but fabulous. Let me move to this next piece. And I cannot pronounce any of this, but I'm going to give it a shot. And then <laughs> I may ask some of my friends if they can <laughs> pronounce it correctly. But I lo- this is incredible music I as well. Time. So I think this is called something like In Lamon Ke Daman Main. And this is an Indian piece. And it's gorgeous. Go listen to the whole six minute track. We're just going to pick up a little bit at about the, just after the two minute mark and just hear a tiny little clip. Here we go. Talk about that one. 
Yeah. The whole Bollywood scene, it's just something else. And I don't remember when, I think I got into it about 10 years ago or so. And it's happened in, in, in a maybe most unlikely place, but I used to go often to Florida. Oh, uh, sure. I worked with several stores around right. Southern Florida. So I would travel with my jewelry and clothing and be participating trunk shows in these places. Right. And I don't at this point in my life to stay in hotels. I'm yeah. very thankful that we have them when we need them. Yeah. But if I can only avoid, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a good or a bad. I just, so we used to stay in Naples. Uh, always. And I worked with a store in Boca Raton and that's like a two hours drive. Yeah. And I would opt from, I would not want to stay in a hotel. So I would actually <laughs> take the drive twice a day going back wow. there two hours and back. And it just happens that in order to get to Boca Raton from Na Naples, you have to drive across the Everglades, <laughs> which is as wild as it can possibly get. Yeah. And my experience is that you drive into there and you just feel the prime sense of this place. Mm -hmm. You just feel it. And I would listen to music. And I think I was listening to something on Pandora and I randomly found something. And it was music from some Balu. It actually specifically, I remember, it was a music from a film that was called fashion actually oh, okay. or fashion okay. 20 2000 or something like that sure. and it just somehow played so much with driving through everglades and but what i really connect with in the, because it, in the bollywood scene is that it takes things out of reality which sometimes it's good it's not good to be always right. taken out of reality but it does and it also draws so much from cultures around the world. Yes. It's, it draws from popular culture from United States and other places in the world. I heard some Bollywood productions with music that clearly sounded like a bluegrass with instruments oh, and the, sure, and the right. musical lines and stuff. Yes. But it was all in Hindu and it was parts of some production, which I actually don't think even related to anything. <laughs> it was just, an, I like the idea that you can take something so out of context and make it work. Yeah. And also the idea that you embrace the world's culture and maybe expresses in the way because of your cultural understanding of mm -hmm. the world and you're not afraid to use it. And I think that kind of brings our world together and oh boy, yeah. we need that. <laughs> yeah. We could talk for hours about that because I'm very, I very much appreciate your perspective. I feel a lot the same way that it's not about cultural appropriation, but it's about appreciating other cultures in their right. artwork and their cuisine, in their music, in their textiles, in their, just in their language and everything, right. uh, their pottery, just everything about the different cultures. And it's to say, look at how beautiful something is, and not that I want to take away from that, but how can that be blended or incorporated into a craft that I practice? Right. Or how can we share culturally? How can we share the different just layers of beauty that happen between our cultures? Right. And I, I think that's just so priceless, so priceless when we can do that. Yeah. 
Let me share this last piece of music that you selected. And this is, this took me back into 80s, 90s music. This is phenomenal. I love this. (laughs) This is called Equinox Part 5, Jean-Michel Jarre. I don't know if that's how I pronounce it, but we're going to just... Jar. Jar? But I don't know. Jar, okay. Okay, but I had never heard of this before. So this was the first time and I listened to the whole track. I just took out about the two minute mark here. We're going to listen to a short clip. Techno at its best. Talk about it. Yeah, and like the early techno. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. I was always inspired by like a techno music and bands like Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream. And I, okay. there was a period of my life I listened to it constantly. And, and this specific recording, Oxygen, which there are many pieces to it. We used to have it on LPs, long mm, play. I don't sure. know if people know what it is now. But as I was in high school and with okay. a group of friends... We actually choreographed a whole ballet piece. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think it was terrible. (laughs) But we were very passionate about it. And we trained and we actually had a... Unfortunately, it was not... Or maybe good. It was not recorded. But with the electronic music, for me, there is a sense of infinity. There is... Because actually, that's the character of a music. Mm -hmm. And... It allows me to let my imagination go. Yes. And it allows the imagination going wherever it is. Imagination, it's when you try to apply it the same way as feelings. Yes. Which feelings just flow. When you allow it, you don't really have control over it. Mm -hmm. You can, but... I like that about electronic music. And of course, and I picked Jean-Michel Jarre because it seems a little bit less, there are no vocals to it, right. just music. When you listen to some uh, electronic music from a past with vocals like Kraftwerk would sing, do you have a lot of things that bring you back to the time when it was created? But uh, with Jean-Michel Jarre, it just always opens up a space of endless possibilities for me. Yeah. That's why it's inspiring Mm. to me. So well said. Wow. We are out of time for this interview. We could talk for hours. I could do five shows, which (laughs) just having great conversations with you, Peter. I so appreciate you and I so appreciate your work. Is there any other encouragement that you want to leave the audience with today? I think, I think we, it would, what I would want to say to pay attention to the moments when we are discouraged and uh, and really not be bogged down by the by, by by them because we all have so much to give yeah and discouragement it's fear fear mm. blocks so much in our lives and yes. so many possibilities and everybody has something to give and it's different for everybody. There's only, this is, I'm repeating someone. I didn't come up with that. No, there's only one expression of you. Right. If you will not leave behind what you imagine, it will be lost. Yeah. Because of that, I think it's worth to be persistent. Mm, beautiful advice, beautiful encouragement. Thank you so much. 
I'm speaking. I'm also speaking to myself. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Hard. It's very hard. With, without you doing what you do, the world would be less amazing. And I so look forward to seeing you next summer up at your gallery in Wisconsin. And I am so grateful for your time today and for the body of work that you've created. So for those who are listening or watching, we're going to wrap it up here. But in the show notes, there are links for Peter's website and links for everything that you've heard and seen in the show. And I just want you to go and just view his beautiful, amazing creations. And if you get a chance to get up to Door County, Wisconsin, that is the place to be, is stop into Bazili Gallery and visit Peter. It's worth a trip, I promise. <laughs> so thank you all very much for tuning in today. That's the sounds of encouragement. And if you need anything, any kind of encouragement, you can reach out to me, Melissa Slocum, at soundofencouragement at gmail.com. That's all we have time for. Peter, thank you again so much. Thank you very much for inviting me and letting me actually formulate some thoughts around your questions that always, it's always good to do. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your interest. You are so welcome. And I will see you next summer. That's all for this particular episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please click on the show notes to learn more about my guest and to listen to their top songs of encouragement. If you have found value in these podcasts, please share the podcast with those you know, leave a positive review, or support the show at buymeacoffee.com. Sounds of Encouragement is a podcast production of Music Grow LLC, part of growing musicians and teachers everywhere. Sounds of Encouragement is hosted, produced, and edited by Melissa Slocum. To get in touch, contact soundofencouragement at gmail.com. You can also find Sounds of Encouragement on Clubhouse. Drop in weekly for a dose of personal encouragement. Theme music by Melissa Slocum and Steve Tressler. Music mixed and mastered by Steve Tressler. Thank you to Steve Tressler and Christina Lopriori who encouraged me to do this in the first place. And remember... I'm here for you, so you can be there for those who need you the most.